I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. Now that San Francisco is slowly emerging from the COVID-19 pandemic, City Hall must turn its attention to two other crises, homelessness and drugs. There are more than 8,000 homeless people in San Francisco, and two people in the city on average are dying every day from drug overdoses. City Hall reporter Mallory Mensch is joining me to explain some proposals being debated on both fronts. Mallory Minch, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I haven't seen you in like a year, but we're both busy um, <laughs> covering City Hall. There's so much to be writing about these days. Um, and I hope you're enjoying your no- new Board of Supervisors beat. Definitely. It's always an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now that the pandemic is hopefully beginning to subside, um, it sounds like City Hall is focusing its attention on two big crises that have just gotten worse over the past year. Um, that is homelessness and drug overdoses. And I wanted to ask you about both. But we'll start with the, the homeless crisis. Um, there are about 8,000 homeless people in San Francisco. Many of them are in hotels now um, at being paid for by the federal government, but that's going to expire in September and the city has to figure out um, a solution. So you followed an interesting um, meeting the other day um, regarding Supervisor Raphael Mandelman's Place for All proposal and wondered if you could start by just explaining what exactly he is proposing and why he's kind of a lone ranger on this. He didn't really seem to have support from either side. So definitely. Uh, Supervisor Mandelman um, introduced a proposal last year with one of his fellow supervisors who is no longer on the board, and he really explains this as um, a way to um, immediately respond to what we see on San Francisco streets, which are many people living in tents, um, people uh, living out in the open um, with not enough permanent housing for them to go to. Um, So he proposed a plan that would direct the city and the city's homelessness department um, to create a plan of how to shelter um, these unhoused people um, within four months and then identify and set up sites um, within two years to do that. Um, And I think the major sticking point of the legislation where he got the most opposition is that it doesn't necessarily say how they're going to do that. He says it could be tiny homes or tent encampments or other options, but he basically said we'd probably have to rely first on sanctioned tent encampments. And that's similar Mm -hmm. to some that are being run during the pandemic called safe sleeping sites, where it's basically a parking lot or uh, some city property where tents are set up in allocated spots. They, people do get some services, security and food and porta potties uh, to use the restroom. Um, But it's basically sleeping on the street, but it's sanctioned and um, Mm -hmm. supported and um, should be more protected. Um, So that received most of the opposition from people who said it's it's far too expensive to do that. And they wanted to see more investment in permanent housing um, instead of temporary Mm -hmm. shelter options. And the Chronicle had a really interesting story from our other City Hall colleague, um, Trisha Thadani, a while back, that each of these tents was costing a real astronomical amount of $61,000 per tent, which is enough to rent a really nice apartment. So that's another issue, isn't it? Definitely. And that was a a big subject of of the hearing yesterday and of other supervisors who were critical of the plan. Um, Supervisor Mandelman even said this is really expensive. Um, There was um, a city report, another city analysis that came out that said that it could be done for cheaper. Um, So one reason that it's so expensive is because they're smaller sites with um, just a couple 
as intense, uh, they could be scaled up so that it would be more cost effective um, to pay for the staff, the security staff who were there. Um, but many people s- still said, why are we paying so much for uh, basically for a place for people for people to pitch their tents? Um, there is some other options in the city, such as navigation centers, which are more shelters with services um, or even subsidized housing, which um, is cheaper on a yearly basis um, per unit than uh, those tent sites. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like this anything will really become of Mandelman's plan because he's the only person who likes it, right? Basically. I mean, I wouldn't say the only person who likes it because they're, I would say, among the supervisors, perhaps. Um, he he did get a, a modicum of support from uh, fellow supervisor Gordon Marr, who said he sees the need for it. Um, you know, basically, the fundamental need to have other shelter options for people when we don't have enough permanent housing for them. Um, but it's unlikely uh, that the proposal as, as proposed will move forward. Um, but there were uh, dozens of public commenters who called in during the meeting yesterday at the hearing took hours, um, and they were fairly evenly split, actually, um, supporting and opposing. Um, A Mm -hmm. lot of the opponents were uh, some residents, some advocates from different organizations, uh, some formerly and at least one currently homeless person um, who basically said that this is not a sustainable long-term solution. We need to invest in permanent housing. They said that they didn't want to sleep in the the tent sites, um, so we shouldn't be investing in that. But a lot of people did speak in support of it. And those were largely residents, um, a lot of business owners who um, are dealing with some of the issues that come out of people, say, sleeping in tents on the sidewalk in front of their businesses. Mm-hmm. And they want to see a solution um, and hopefully a humane solution um, to find shelter for people um, instead of basically just leaving them on the streets. And that was at the center of the controversy, right? Because a lot of people who don't like Supervisor Mandelman's idea were, were saying it's just a way to clear tents from in front of other people's houses or businesses who just don't want to see them. Um, And it's not like a real solution. That was definitely an underlying debate or underlying accusations that were thrown saying that this is really just trying to pacify some better off constituents. The proposal, people also feared that the proposal would mean that if there were options offered for shelter and there was a a place provided for every person on the streets, then that would enable the police to clear the streets of sweet, of, of, of street encampments. Um, the legislation doesn't say that. It, it doesn't mention enforcement. Um, but Mandelman basically said, you know, there's a reasonable expectation that people would not be camping on the streets if they're offered another option. So mm-hmm. so that is the, the underlying um, uh, issue there is, you know, how, what are the streets for? You know, is this the appropriate place for people to be sleeping and the best place for them, you know, to we need to provide better housing for them, um, but it also affects other residents who are living and are already housed in the city. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth in Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. And this is all happening against the backdrop of um, Prop C money being released. And that is a proposition that passed a couple of years ago, but was caught up in court that um, taxes big businesses to pay for services such as um, homeless shelters and supportive housing and drug treatment, mental health treatment. And that will raise 250 to $300 million per year. So suddenly um, the city does have a lot more money than it did um, to spend on these issues. And people are trying to figure out what to do with it, right? 
That's right. Um, and some of the, the reason that Mandelman said that he was pushing for this proposal is he said, you know, look, for years we have invested a lot of money and we have housed a lot of people, but it's just not been enough. You know, you look at the streets and people are still living on the streets because we don't have enough housing. So we need to have an alternative. But some people combated that and said, yeah, but we actually have a lot more money now um, being released with Prop C, trying to figure out what to do with that. Um, Supervisor Safai, Asha Safai had um, really wants to use that money to purchase more hotels where you could have people long term. A lot of advocates and, and the city uh, departments are really behind that idea. So he didn't want to sacrifice any of that money um, for something like setting up sanctioned t- tent encampments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of our hotels are still empty due to the pandemic are not even open. And the ones that are open are pretty sparsely populated. So it could be a win-win for hotel owners who don't want to stay in business. That's right. The city has actually um, put out a call um, to see if hotel owners are interested in selling and about 70 owners have responded. So the city is going through those right now. Um, The city said, you know, some are better options than others. So I'm sure maybe not all are feasible or desirable, but it's Uh definitely something that the city is pursuing. They they bought two hotels last year with the help of some state funding and um, they are looking to potentially use more proxy money to do more. And are you hearing anything about when navigation centers and shelters that already existed but were either scaled back or closed during the pandemic for lack of social distancing, when those will get back to normal? That's a great question. I'm not exactly sure, but I mm-hmm. know that some some advocates that I spoke with also see this as a turning point in saying, you know, are those really the best solutions? Is that really the best that we can do? Maybe not wanting to see them return to their current state if we could have a better option. Uh, so some uh, hundreds of, of people who are homeless who were surveyed um, last year um, said that they would prefer, say, these sleep sites over over the shelters, but many would actually probably prefer staying in a hotel um, mm-hmm. or having you know, an indoor place to stay, especially if it means with your own room and your own bathroom. Uh, so a lot of advocates are saying, I mean, we don't have to go back to the way things were before. Can we rethink things? Is this an opportunity to, to change how we're approaching uh, this problem and helping people? Mm-hmm. I was also struck that under Mandelman's plan, um, he wouldn't uh, demand or expect changes for two years. It just points to how long all of this takes because we've been having these same debates for decades, you know, and uh, the Prop C money is new and the pandemic is new. But um, at the center of the debate is this crisis that we've never been able to figure out. Yes, you're right. Two years is is not an incredibly fast time. I mean, it would take a lot of planning, but it it was uh, pitched as a a pretty quick temporary solution, whereas within two years, maybe you could buy more hotels or... um, put people in, in subsidized apartments. Um, there is there is a lot that you can do in two years. And I think the pandemic mm-hmm. really showed that with a, an emergency that pushed the city to get these hotels, to get people in hotels, even push them to start these um, safe sleeping sites, the tent encampments, even though those were expensive and criticized. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of faster things that the city can do that it did this last year. I wanted to ask you um, about what happened in Los Angeles uh, This week, where a federal judge ordered the city and county on Tuesday to offer some form of shelter to the entire homeless population of Skid Row by October. 
Um, is there any thinking that some sort of order could be issued in San Francisco as well? Or are San Francisco officials paying attention to that? It was very interesting that that did come out this week, um, basically as Mandelman's proposal, which would basically force the city to do the same thing, was being considered. Um, that was part of a larger lawsuit that's been going on for some time. And um, San Francisco did did face somewhat of a, a lim- similar lawsuit um, last year, last summer, um, over 10 encampments in the Tenderloin. And that did lead to um, more change, more um, proposals and, and promises to create more permanent supportive housing mm-hmm. and moving more people into hotels. Um, so they, they, you know, settled that lawsuit. Um, but who knows, perhaps more could arise in the future. And we'll just have to see what LA does. I, I don't believe that the, the city has challenged um, it yet. And so at this point, I, I guess they'll comply. Um, be curious to see what they do and if that sets any kind of precedent for San Francisco. Yeah. And it's interesting there that the judge is um, making a different argument than what so many people in San Francisco are saying. He said that L.A. was wrongly focused on permanent housing at the expense of temporary shelter, which led to more people dying in the streets, whereas many people here say we're too focused on temporary shelter like these tents at the expense of developing permanent housing. Right. And I think you know, Mandelman, um, who said that he didn't want to see it as an either or and and, and others, um, even those who didn't agree with his proposal, see it as that, too, that, you know, of course, we, we need we do need to offer people options for tonight, you know, where are they going to sleep tonight? Um, but while also investing um, in long term housing. Um, but if things do take so long and it could even take two years to get a plan like this running, um, what what are faster and more effective solutions, if any? Right. And then um, turning to another subject briefly, I'm making you answer questions about a story written <laughs> by our colleague, Trisha Thadani. So thanks for being a good sport about that. But uh, there's also the question of what to do about the major dr- drug crisis in San Francisco, where we're seeing two people die of drug overdoses every day in the city. Far more people have died because of that in the past year than COVID-19, and yet the city um, is not doing a whole lot about it. Um, so Mayor London Breed joined with some other big city mayors to send a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland about safe injection sites. Um, what can you tell me about those and, and why the letter was sent? Sure. Well, San Francisco has been uh, trying to open a safe injection site for years, and and this is a place where people could um, use drugs in a safe and sanctioned environment with um, public health professionals there um, who could respond um, if someone were to overdose or could prevent overdoses from happening in the first place. There would also be options to connect with drug treatment, um, and these are um, existing around uh, the world in different countries, um, but they are um, not yet legal in California. Or anywhere in the U.S. Yes, there's a bill from uh, Senator um, Scott Wiener, who, uh, which is um, moving f- through um, the state legislature right now that could change that. Um, but the, the key question here and why um, Mayor Breed um, did send the letter to the federal government is because the federal government can prosecute um, places like this that are um, where people can use drugs um, or, or access drugs um, under federal law. Um, so uh, Mayor Breed and other mayors um, are asking for a statement from the the new change in administration um, 
know, urging them to not uh, prosecute under this law, um, places such as safe injection sites that are um, run um, by recognized overdose prevention programs um, as a way to uh, respond to the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll see what their response is and whether they would encourage that. Um, that um, and the, the laws in California as well are still a hurdle um, for the city. Um, but San Francisco and also Oakland are looking for this as a potential solution to, to try to deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see um, how the federal government responds because um, Mayor Breed had said she definitely couldn't do it when Donald Trump was president, um, but would probably do it when a dem- if and when a Democrat was in the White House. And now we have Joe Biden. So um, I'm curious to see what happens next. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure to talk to you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you to Mallory Mensch for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening.